Welcome to Mental Prison Break, the best motivational, educational, and inspirational show ever. Are you trapped in your own prison? Are you searching? Are you looking for answers? Do you want solutions? Break out of your mental prison now. No more holding yourself in prison. No more mediocrity. No more limiting beliefs holding you back. Success is waiting for you to break out and turn the key. The host of Mental Prison Break Podcast is Douglas the Coach, giving you fire and fuel you need to ignite your passion into excellence. Thank you for joining me today on Mental Prison Break. I am your host, Douglas the Coach. Now, if you appreciate this podcast in any way, be sure to share this podcast with your friends and your family. And that positive feedback will help Mental Prison Break continue to expand and continue to grow. And I'd like to thank you in advance for your positive feedback. Welcome back to my story, part three. I left off at the point where my basketball hopes and dreams was just crushed and how my negative thoughts and my negative feelings had a big influence on how I handled this outcome. So I received the painful news that I only had one semester left of major college basketball eligibility and I would not be playing major college basketball. So this news was in August sometime. So my first thought was I should probably finish my nursing degree. I had promised my mom that no matter what, I would always complete my nursing degree since I have gone so far with that. So my mom had moved from King, Texas to Dallas County. So I was looking for schools to attend there in Dallas County to complete my nursing degree. So I found a school called El Centro College there in Dallas, Texas, and I moved in with my mom while I attended nursing school again to complete my degree. I didn't have much time before school started that fall, so there was a lot of pressure trying to make the necessary arrangements to try to be in this nursing program before the fall. If not, I would have had to wait till the following year to enter that program. So I worked really hard to meet the requirements to be in school by fall. And I was very fortunate to meet those requirements and be enrolled. Since I had been out of nursing school and out of the medical profession for a while, the classes was a little bit challenging. And once again, it was a struggle for me. As a matter of fact, my professors didn't think I would make it. I had taken three tests and my average was a 74%, which is a D. Not a B, but a D as in duck, as in dollar, Dexter. I think you see where I'm going with this. So I really had to put 100% focus on nursing and change some of my study habits, which in the end worked out very well for me. I was determined to graduate. As a matter of fact, on the final, I received the second highest grade in the class, which I was somewhat shocked, but everybody else was more shocked than I was I'm sure partly because I had such a shaky start in the beginning of that semester. Heck, all of my colleagues were doing better than I was. And how do I know this? Because when all of our grades were posted, I was at the bottom of that list with the lowest average, which was 74%. And in nursing percentages, that's a D. But nursing school was not easy. And during the times that I was in nursing school, it wasn't as popular for male nurses as it is today. The nurses had more of that Florence Nightingale attitude, and I was somewhat different. I wanted to help people, but I wanted to help people by empowering them, 
not taking care of them. I actually had a nursing professor at the time who didn't really care for me that much. And she made it very clear. And she had that old school nursing philosophy where nursing is for women only. And she felt like I was just some basketball player in nursing degrading that profession. (laughs) You know, I look back at that and I have to laugh now. But then it wasn't funny and it wasn't fun because she was really watching everything I did. If I sneezed wrong, uh, she'd probably been the one to kick me out of the program. But I graduated and that was a big accomplishment of my life. So and since I finished second in the class um, with, with the second highest grade on my final, I got a little cocky and was thinking I didn't have to study for my boards. So when board examination came, I failed. I was very close to passing, but nevertheless, I failed. So I had to wait about six months later to retake the boards. And believe it or not, it was really difficult finding a job during this period of time. I was considered a graduate nurse, but I wasn't a registered nurse. So I was in between a nurse assistant and a registered nurse. So I was in this challenging gray area and it was tough having a new car with no job. It was a good thing I was living at home with my mom because if I wasn't, things would have really been challenging. And during this time, I was out really searching. I was hunting for a job. And would you believe that some people said I was overqualified for the job? I had never been told that before. I couldn't even get a job with Domino's Pizza. I had a new 300ZX at the time, so I had a car to drive. Shoot, I wasn't too proud to work for Domino's. I just needed some money to make a car payment. And besides, I had a sports car so I can get the pizza there even faster. But they just didn't want to hire me. So I picked up miscellaneous work like painting, some light construction work here and there to try to stay afloat till I can pass my boards and get an official job. So I really put focused attention on studying for these boards. And I took a, a prep class shortly before my boards and that really helped out a lot. So I passed my boards the second time around and now I'm an official registered nurse. Finally, but boy, was that a lot of work to get there. And it took a lot of focus and attention and studying. So I got a job working in surgery. So I received my first real job working as a registered nurse in surgery. I was a circulating and scrub nurse at Charlton Methodist Hospital. And working in surgery was very interesting at that time. Since I was there usually by 530 in the morning, We were usually done with all our surgery cases by two in the afternoon. I began looking for more work so I could pay for some of these bills that I got behind on. And guess what? I found a job working at a psych hospital in the afternoons from four to midnight. And this is where psych became more interesting and intriguing to me. And as I had mentioned earlier, I hated psych. I couldn't stand my clinical rotation in psych when I was in nursing school and now I'm wanting to make some extra money and a psych hospital is willing to hire me. I'm even finding psych somewhat interesting and intriguing and even more crazy. After two years, I quit working in surgery so I could work more full time in psych. Talk about your all time backfire. And I have been in the psychology field ever since. Who would have ever thought that I would go back to school and get a psychology degree? I sure didn't, but psychology has become a serious topic of mine. 
and how the mind works I find very intriguing. But let's continue. So I'm working as a nurse full time. Actually, I had two jobs working as a nurse. I worked in the mornings at another psych hospital and I continued to work at the psych hospital from four to midnight. But I was fortunate to work on an adolescent unit. And there I learned a lot of dynamics of dysfunction of families. And I could relate to a lot of the teenagers and what they were experienced with their parents. And I was really starting to learn more coping skills and how to handle your negative feelings. We would sit in on these groups with the patients and the adolescents would tell their story. And I remember thinking a couple of times, wow, that's what I've been experiencing with my parents. Then, of course, they have the therapist and the psychiatrist offering better coping tools. But this was very therapeutic for me and became an eye opener for me. And this was the beginning of my foundation in psychology. So after working a couple years in behavior medicine, which is the same as psych nursing, I decided to take a vacation and visit my brother in California. So I had about four weeks vacation time. So I decided to come out to California and use those four weeks up. So I came out to California and since I was going to be in California several weeks, I decided to land a job with a temporary agency while I was in California so I could make extra money while I was on vacation. I believe it was Pro Tem Nursing Agency and they had various contracts with different hospitals around But one of the main contracts was with the county hospital. And that's where I began seeing hardcore psych at the county hospital. And it was really intriguing to see how crazy people can become. And the pay was much better. So I was working at the county hospital through this temporary agency. And a couple of uh, nurse managers there at the hospital asked me, was I interested in employment at the county? They liked my work and they felt like I would be a good fit there at the county. So I interviewed for the county hospital and got the job. So I called my manager in Dallas to let her know I had landed a new job here in California. And then I wanted to put my two weeks notice in. So I got me apartment out here in California and I was still leasing my apartment there in Dallas, Texas. So I stayed here in California several months to get settled and then drove to Texas to handle my business affairs there and to officially move out of my apartment there. Most of my belongings I put in storage and I was on my way back to California with a new job and a new life. Now during the next approximately 10 years were I called dark periods in my life. Although I was embarking on a new career and I was learning a lot in psychology, underlying I was deeply upset and depressed about my basketball situation. Trust me, I was having more fun playing basketball than I ever was working as a nurse. I was in a lot of pain seeing how some of my friends that I competed against were moving forward with their basketball careers. In me, it seemed like I was reluctantly moving forward with my nursing career. I finally started watching basketball on TV again to face the reality that I just wasn't playing competitively in that capacity anymore. And just my luck seemed like I was always seeing some player that I competed against. I was hearing about some player who did something great overseas or some player fulfilling their dreams in some kind of capacity or another. I had to painfully watch Larry Johnson when UNLV defeated Duke. And now, you know, Larry Johnson's playing professional. And a part of me was really excited for these guys because I had competed against them and held my own quite well. 
But then another part of me was like, I'm not moving in the direction that I want to go. I would see David Benoit. But back then I called him David Benoit. He was playing for Utah. We crossed paths at the All-Star game at Tyler JC. Carl Herrera. He was playing for Houston. And then he went on to play later with San Antonio. The list goes on and on. Mookie Blaylock was playing for Atlanta. Ricky Grace was playing overseas. Riley Smith playing overseas. My roommate, Mario Donaldson, had a nice career overseas. David Butler, Moses Scurry, on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Mario Donaldson and myself, we crushed them at the All-Star Game. Now get this, I was watching the Olympics, and I was watching the United States play, you know, other teams. And guess who I see? I see a player by the name of Gabriel Estaba. He was a pretty decent player there at Jacksonville. Nothing to stand out about. But now he's playing for the Venezuela national team there at the Olympics. And I'm just watching like, really? And it was heart-wrenching watching these guys pursue their dreams where I'm working at a facility where a crazy person is trying to spit on you or a patient is angry with the staff so they decide to piss on the floor so the staff have to clean it up instead of just walking two feet to the bathroom or whatever BS I felt like I was enduring at that time, it was just reminding me that I wasn't playing basketball. That was the hardest pill to swallow. Now here's another example of pursuing your dreams and moving forward with your goals. My good friend Ron, we were on the same basketball team there at Weatherford College. He didn't return back to Weatherford College our sophomore year. Instead, he went to a different college and played basketball there and he received his degree in business marketing. Now his goal was to work around professional athletes. And guess what? He did just that. Now he drove to Florida after he had graduated to the Texas Rangers baseball camp during spring training. So what he ended up doing is talking to a couple professional baseball players and uh, what they recommended for him to do is just start as a security guard with the Texas Rangers because all you need is just a foot in the door. So what did Ron do? He did just that. He started as a security guard working for the Texas Rangers. Then he later began working for the Dallas Mavericks in ticket sales. And he ended up being one of the top sales leaders there for the Dallas Mavericks. Now, follow me here. He then became VP of business development with the Dallas Stars, which is the professional hockey team there in Dallas. Then the Dallas Cowboys hired him to sell radio and TV spots. And that's not all. Then he went on to own a professional soccer team which is the Dallas Sidekicks, which I heard he just recently sold. And now he's VP of Learfield Ticket Solutions. Can you see how things expand and grow? And the one thing I can say about Ron is that he always continued forward towards his goals. After I finished my nursing degree, he was the only one at the time who said, you know, I think you should play professional ball. I can see if I can get you an agent lined up. But at that point, I had stopped believing because I wasn't practicing and I wasn't playing. And if you're not actively practicing, playing, and moving forward, how can you believe? And parents, if you have children, please encourage them to pursue their dreams and give them support and encouragement in that direction. So those 10 years, I was really underground, so to speak. I just practically disappeared. I was working at a county hospital in California and no one really knew where I was except for my family. They actually thought that I had went overseas and was playing somewhere professionally, but little did they know I was just struggling 
I was angry. I was frustrated. I would get depressed sometime. And although I was working as a nurse, I had this silent resentment towards nursing because I felt like it screwed up my basketball career. I'm working in a profession that I'm not crazy about and I'm tolerating crap that I'd rather not tolerate. And nursing was just never my dream job. So all these years, I was just dealing with this pain and disappointment. Then 1999 came and I was really thinking about basketball again. So I called my roommate Mario because he had played it in the CBA before he went overseas and played. And I was asking him a lot of questions about the CBA and basketball. And guess what? I started training again because I wanted to see how far I could push this idea of playing again. And CBA means Continental Basketball Association. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles of the NBA and it doesn't get the TV exposure like the NBA does. But the CBA holds its own quite well. And a lot of players from the CBA actually get contracts up to the NBA or they get contracts to different teams overseas. So that year, something happened. The NBA decided to go on strike. So a lot of the NBA players were filtrating down into the CBA. And then I began to realize that the probability of moving forward like I wanted to have been greatly reduced. You know, I was competing with 22-year-olds who I was watching on television during the NCAA tournament who were trying to land their spot professionally. And I admired a lot of these guys because they were young and they were chasing their dreams. And a lot of these players were from all over the country, putting it all on the line. Then I began to realize that time was not on my side. Although I was still competitive, once you're past 30, you're considered old in sports, somewhat like a dog. You know, when he's past seven years, he's old. Well, it's the same for sports. You have a 10-year window, and you have to really capitalize on that. But that experience, was it was actually fun. I got a chance to work out with Ray Allen and Kevin Ali, and I had a chance to work out with and meet some really great players. But in essence, that experience was more of closure for me because then I decided maybe I am chasing a pipe dream. I should have done this 10 years prior. But after those tryouts and going to Connecticut, I had more peace and serenity as far as the basketball issue was concerned. Although I still had that underlying resentment towards nursing I was a little more at peace with myself and that's when I decided to go back to school and get my psychology degree so going back to school had its challenges I was working part-time at the hospital and going to school full-time and working really hard to maintain a 4.0 in my classes which lasted for quite a while until I got my first a minus boy was I really upset because my GPA dropped to a 3.97. Even though my GPA declined somewhat for me not maintaining that 4.0, I was still very fortunate to make the Golden Key International Honor Society. That was very nice and exciting to receive that award. I was beginning to feel that some of this hard work was really starting to pay off. So in 2004, I graduated with my psychology degree. And let's end this podcast here on My Story Part 3. And we will continue on My Story Part 4. And until next time, don't just make it a good day, you make it a great day. Remember, success is a decision away. Success is literally waiting for you to break out and turn the key. Thank you for listening to Mental Prison Break Podcast. 
Want more information on Douglas the Coach? Visit mentalprisonbreak.com. That's mentalprisonbreak.com, giving you fire and fuel you need to ignite your passion into excellence.